the kingdom of God is not a uh, it's not a place, and it's not a um, it's not a set of ideas, and it's not a set of practices. The kingdom of God is literally the interrelatedness of God's family. Like it it is family. Like you can literally put those words on top of each mm -hmm. other. And the kingdom mm -hmm. of God is family. And um, yeah, once once we think of it that way, and it's not an organization, and it's not um, a set of ideas. All of a sudden, we have to smash up into connection with others. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's what we need. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back um, to season two of our little Instagram live podcast. Um, that we are launching today, this afternoon. So thank you all um, for tuning in, for listening. Um, and we are super excited about what this next season holds. So we are starting off this month with our series, La Familia, um, talking about what it means to be family on mission. And we talk about this a lot at Redemption Hill. Um, and I feel like as things unfold, um, in the church, the language is used more and more. Um, however, as things often go, um, especially in the church, we use these words, um, but we don't often uh, let the reality or the truth of them settle into our brains and our hearts. And maybe we form ideas about what they mean that aren't totally correct. Um, essentially, we know what we want to do, but we don't know how to do it. So in this next series, um, we will be talking about that, um, why being a community matters, why being family on mission matters, um, and how we start to do these hard things that we care about doing. Um, so we are starting off um, talking with Robert about belonging today, um, just setting up the groundwork for the rest of the series in the next 12 weeks. So on Sunday... Um, just to get everybody caught up on the same page, um, Robert talked about what it actually means to be the family of God, a community that rolls deep with each other in our smaller communities and in the larger communities of the world around us. In texts from 1 John, Isaiah, Mark, and Revelation, he detailed the need for a shift both in how we see family and also how we see ourselves in order to experience true belonging in God as we become part of the family of God on mission in the world. That's a lot. Um, there's so much we could talk about in there, but we're just gonna get rolling and see where we go. So I'm gonna get Robert in here and then we will get started. Let's see, is it going? Why is it not going? Hey, how's it going? Hey. I'm doing good. good. I'm watching you? three kids right now, so um, this may be interrupted, and we'll just do what we can, you know? Yeah. Yeah, how are you doing? You're fine. No problem. Good. I'm uh, doing well. Just got a new dishwasher this morning, so that was a fun event. We're going to hope that yeah. it actually washes dishes. I, listen, like, you're in a life? rental. The hope that your dishwasher actually works is... Yep. 25% maybe. I mean, it's, they, they buy like a $100 totally. used one totally. at like a, at a scratch and dent shop. And then they, and that's, that's, that's what landlords mm -hmm. do. <laughs> that 
that's pretty much how <laughs> that's how it's been going. So we'll just see. It's a gamble. We're like, will it be better than the last one that yep. they replaced? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. Well, thanks for joining me today. Uh, yeah. So as I said, there's there's so many things that I was going through it, and I was like, oh man, we could go a lot of different directions, but. What my hope is that we can just really like set the ground floor for the rest of the series today. Um, Sounds good. And just, let's, we'll see where, where we go. Cool. So for the, first of all, um, I'd love to hear about why you decided on this topic for the next series. Um, what what parts of it made you want to circle in and focus yeah. in on? So we, we talk a lot about how we are a network of micro churches. That's the fundamental identity the structure of Redemption Hill as an organization. And that that structure, it, it, it sounds like just an organizational thing, but in reality, it's, it's about so much more of how we think about what it means to be God's people. And I think, once again, we're kind of uh, reacting to the culture around us. And the culture around us thinks about church as an organization and thinks about church as a meeting. And so when they imagine what it means to be church, they imagine Sunday attendance and they imagine large crowds. But that's fundamentally not been the experience of most people in most places across all of history. What it means to be the church is to live in these extended spiritual families. And what we want to really help drive home is that the micro church is the, um, it's like the cell or the, um, I don't know, like, I guess, like the, the, in, the, the lowest possible experience of the church is the microchurch, where it has all of the things that make it church, that worship, discipleship, and mission. Those three things make it the church. Microchurch is mm -hmm. the smallest it can be and do that thing. But it's also the way that Jesus made disciples was in these extended spiritual families on mission. And so a lot of our microchurches have been struggling because they're trying to take an old paradigm, which is like community groups, these ad hoc groups that are seasonal, where they get together and do content. And they're trying to make sense of how that is microchurch. But it takes this radical shift, yeah. a lot like the passage we talked about, where Jesus rejected his family because he was saying, I'm creating this new family. His family was rejecting him because he mm -hmm. was disruptive and he was this prophet who was um take bringing shame to their family name by by calling out the the judaism of the first century and so he said listen that's not what i'm doing i'm not here for my family my blood relatives i'm here to create a new family and this is the, this is the work of the gospel is god yeah. is creating a new family inviting us into it and then we are creating families alongside of it just like just like my kids are going to make four families like i have kids and they're going to make four families that's the way god sees it he has his kids and we are going to create these exp hmm. these extended spiritual families on mission and so that's why we want to talk about this is so essential to our identity as the people of god yeah mm. that's good um so i uh totally am like right in there with the like how does this how is it different from small group so i'm really looking forward to it also yeah. just you know from growing up in that paradigm um yeah I'm, I'm really excited to hear about how how it can be different and like how all the good things 
that come with that and what it actually yeah, means and this, to do this it. Next week, so. we're going to be really <laughs> touching on, it's much more about um, the, the first shift is towards spiritual family. It's, it's like God has reshaped mm -hmm. our orientation from a nuclear family that's a very American 20th century invention that is me and my spouse or my parents and the kids that are connected to that. that's family too. Family is the people that God brings into our lives that we share our lives with and the context in which spiritual formation happens. Winnie's here, she's covered in ramen and she's shirt off. We're, we're killing it over here. <laughs> I okay, go eat your, eat your lunch, okay? Mama. Yeah, mama's at work. Okay. Dad. Yeah, dad is right here. Dad. Okay, you're done? Okay. Mom. Here you go. Mom. Oh, you want more? Okay, I'll get you some more here in a minute, okay? <laughs> I love that we're like talking about family and I can yeah. like hear all your kids. Well, and really I, I think you're experiencing <laughs> what we're trying to create, which is like you're at my house three or four times a week. Um, probably because we work together and like a lot of our work happens here. But we, we believe that you having access you having access to our lives is actually what it means to be family. We're actually not family if you can't walk into my front door. That's how you know. If, if you have to knock, yeah. you're not family. Mm -hmm. And so we give, we give away lots of yeah. knock and walk entry permits at our house because we want people to know mm -hmm. that they're family and that they belong. And you get the messiness yeah. of ramen covered toddlers, you know. <laughs> oh, there you go. We love it. <laughs> ah, so good. All right. So talking about um, shifting perspectives, um, you said you can't be a part of the community without being part of the mission. And I think this is a big shift um, from what we usually hear in like the typical American church, Western church. Um, so first of all, like why, why that is why like where has that come from um and then how do we participate in that shift like from like an exclusivity based on theology to like an inclusivity part of um, mission yeah so from a from a theological perspective the way that we approach that is that mission is not um, a thing that the church does what we like to say is that the mission of god has a church that he has set aside for it. Mm -hmm. And so we need to think of the mission not as an add-on, but as the raison d'etre, like that, that reason for existence, why we, God has created us. Yeah. And the mission is not, it's not to make Christians. The mission is not to, um, to, to save the world from sin. The mission is to proclaim that God himself, the king has arrived and, and call all of creation under his lordship. Okay, just a second. You're good. Yeah. And so and so it's a it's the mission is, is not just a um, it's not the mission of the organization which is to you know reach lost people in our neighborhood. The 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 mission is to bring the kingdom of God through our lives embodied into our neighborhoods and proclaim the invitation to the kingdom's mm -hmm. arrival and say, come be a part of experiencing the flourishing of God's people. And, and so, so, yeah. so when we yeah. say mission, yeah. it's much more inclusive. 
And then when we say everybody's apart, uh, it's kind of like uh, if you're part of a family and you don't do anything, you're not actually a part of the family. Like, if you come to my house and I mm -hmm. make the meal and you walk in, you sit at the table, you eat, and then you leave, what, what you're telling me is that you don't think that you're a part of my family because you didn't enjoy and then participate in the work. Family members help out, family members mm -hmm. throw, throw their hands in and, and help out. And so what we say is if you, if you want people to belong and feel connected to you, don't treat them like guests, treat them like family and invite them to, like I, I try to tell Malia, like I'm not gonna start making food or I'm not gonna finish the food until people show up because I want them to help me cut up the veggies. I want mm -hmm. them to be in my kitchen and feel like they belong. Right. And then afterwards, I don't, I don't tell them to put <laughs> the dishes next to the sink. I say, I start cleaning and then they normally just jump in and help because that's what family does. And so when we think about mission, it's a, right. this is just what we do. We're, we're family and so we participate and we proclaim and we, um, and we live out the mission together. It's, it's just, it's yeah. too intertwined to, the problem with community groups is that we've said the mission is thin, which is the mission is to give you content and connect you in thin ways where you don't share your lives. But the real mission is much, much mm -hmm. deeper. And so we want to go into that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm thinking of right now, it's, it's like that shift from like hosting yeah. hospitality. You know what I mean? Like that feels like a big part of it rather than it's like small versions of you come here, but rather like you come, yeah, come in and participate. That's exactly the difference is when we're inviting people in, we're not, we're not inviting them to come watch. We're inviting them to come be a part. That's mm -hmm. shit. And yeah. in the ancient world, hospitality yeah. meant that you joined in. Like if you showed up at somebody's house, and then you didn't join in in helping them with, with the work that they do, you know, taking care of the chores around the house and the sheep. That would have been rude because you would have been a freeloader. And even though hospitality is demanded, what's demanded of you as a guest is to join in the work. And that, that's how we need to shift how we think about mm -hmm. it is. And I, I think that my neighbors are more likely to show up to join in the mission of God than they are to show up and consume a sermon or consume content. They actually believe in the mission of bringing God's justice and flourishing to the world. And we need to remind them that that is built into them from the creation of the world and the creation of the universe. And that that's there because they're aching for God's kingdom. And then we're going to participate and work together. It's easier for me to invite my people to peace in my neighborhood and say, hey, let's, let's go raise money for housing and let's go do a service project together. And then we see the kingdom of God like literally coming to life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. So, last thing I want to talk about a little bit. Um, I've been is is uh kind of in that like identity discerning gifts area. So, um, I've been thinking a lot about what you said about like communities. First of all, communities. Uh, being in community, meaning to celebrate and love each other's like wins and losses rather than from that spirit of competition. Um, and I struggle with comparison quite a bit. Um, and so it's, it's hard for me to navigate through that sometimes. Um, and then 
along that vein, I loved that passage from Revelation um, about like the white stone with the name on it that only God and you know. I somehow have like never heard that before. And I was just like, what? That's so beautiful. So what question that question in there is how, first of all, like how can we discern the name that's like written on the stone? Like steps for, maybe not steps, but practices um, to being able to like hear from God, discerning our gifts that we have. Um, and then how can we practice also being curious about about others? You talked about that a little bit, but I'd love to hear you elaborate on that. Well, let me probably touch on this enough on Sunday, but uh, that Revelation passage is a, is a picture of the unveiling of the kingdom of God in its fullness. Okay. So, so that picture mm. is to yet be fulfilled. But what it tells us mm. is that God sees who we truly are. He actually knows us and he sees us as not just a massive um, people who are part of his people, but he sees each of us and he has a special place and a special name that's only meant for us and him to know and to, and to see. And so yeah. um, part, of me, part of me wants to say that is yet to be revealed, but I also think that when we draw near to the Father, a lot of the work is to ask the Father, who am I? Like let him speak identity into us and, mm -hmm. and define us rather than um, the functions or roles that we have defining our, our relationships and our identity. And then, then I, I really believe that God wants to, um, as, as he, he speaks our identity into us, give us particular callings that are unique to us. And I think that's revealed over time not just not just through our passions and our gifts, but also through his distinct voice in our life. Like I have a, I have a distinct calling and fortunately God has spoken really clearly mm -hmm. to me that it is this vocational missionary pastor. Like that's the thing God's called me to. And he's given me particular passions around hospitality and housing and disciple making. And that's, I'm just gonna spend the rest of my life doing that because mm -hmm. that's fundamentally who I am and what God's called me and what, once you settle that it's yeah. easy yeah. it's easy to go full bore because you're not waiting to you're not always looking around going what else should I be doing you're like okay this is what God's called me particularly mm -hmm. to yeah. and that's a combination of the needs of the world the giftings that I have and the call of God those three things are aligned into that here's how I'm going to do it and they they're mm -hmm. not always our vocation is not always our calling right like you and I have a vocation of yeah. uh, in design and communications that's alongside our calling as missionaries and disciple makers. And so it's a both and, not a, not a one or the other. So I, I want to clarify mm -hmm. that. But I also want to say that once we see ourselves that way, once we see that we each have a distinct identity before God and he loves and cherishes who we truly are and our identity is safe and um, and something he wants to show us, then all of a sudden we look around and we notice that God has done that same thing with everyone around me. Every person in my life mm -hmm. has a distinct place in God's heart. And when I, when I start getting curious about what that is, I start to see them for who they truly are. I start to love them like the father does yeah. because I'm wondering 
what's he made beautiful about them that's not true of me? And then I celebrate that difference mm. in them and also be thankful that they have a distinct calling that's different than mine and we can be in relationship without doing the same thing. And they, you know, all of a sudden we start celebrating yeah. the diversity of the body and seeing people for who they really are, which mm -hmm. is God's beloved body with the blood of Jesus yeah. and a part of our family. And then, and then once, what adults do in, in their childhood family is that they realize that the success of their brothers and sisters brings them honor because they're connected and they stop competing and they start cheering for one another. That's, that's the best part of your late, late 20s and mm -hmm. early 30s is there's this shift, right? Where you just like looking around and saying, it's not a zero sum game of attention. Like I, I can actually yeah. um, look at my brothers and sisters and just celebrate alongside of them for the beauty that they are that's different than me and the, that's me <laughs> in lots of ways. Mm -hmm. you, know my, you know my sister Jessie, she's, yeah. she's a bright light everywhere she goes. And, and I, I brought her on to be mm -hmm. a part of our staff at the church and that's a threat. If, if my ego is really involved, that's a threat because she's a better preacher than I am. And people like her a lot better than I do, than they like me. Um, but <laughs> my, my place is not determined by Jesse's place. I can, I can, I can, I can see the mm -hmm. work of God and, and enjoy the work of God through what she does. And that's what happens when we grow up in the way of Jesus mm -hmm. is that we, like we look around our city and we see the strengths of other churches and we say, that's not my calling, but that's beautiful. You know, I was thinking, like, Keith Harrington's one of my mm -hmm. really dear friends, and we started the City Network together. And we could not be more different in our philosophies of ministry and in our giftings. He's an incredible evangelist and has done a phenomenal yeah. job of building a church that reaches people at the beginning of their spiritual journey. And there's lots and lots of people who've come to faith because mm -hmm. ways to wear Rock Harbor. And it's so different than the calling and the and the thing that God's given us in this micro church movement of disciple making at Redemption Hill. But I love what I love what Keith's doing. Yeah. And the fruit from his labor is gonna feed the kingdom of God in our city and partnership. And so I don't have to look at that. Now there's there's places and things that I disagree with and don't love about lots of churches around the city, but I can look and say that's my family and my my welfare is tied up in their success. And so I'm gonna celebrate and love what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And I feel like it goes back to that like exclusivity, inclusivity too, right? Because it's like, oh, it's not mm -hmm. that mentality of scarcity. Well, if you have more people or like I'm feeling like whatever, then there's less for me or I'm worth. You know what I mean? It's yeah, that, we talk about that with that the churches shift. in the city where like it's like seven percent of people are in church in a given week. And some churches are fighting over the seven mm -hmm. percent. Instead of looking at the fields right for the harvest saying ninety-three percent of our city needs a place and needs to be called out. And we're not gonna fight over the seven percent. We're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna fight after the ninety-three percent. Like they're they're gonna feel like the deep desire right. of all of us to know them, to love them, and to see them come to meet them. And that, like, when the mm -hmm. fields are white for the harvest, and there's this idea of that that God has given us everything that we need, all of a sudden we can open-handedly celebrate what's out there. Yeah, Ooh, that's good. That's good. Um, do you have time for one more I'm question? Sure. No, the, the kids are doing something. As long it. as I don't know about it, I'm not going to be stressed about it. So let's keep going. <laughs> 
question. Um, so last thing, um, you said that community is the content. Um, and this made me be like, huh, because it it shifts community from like a full group to like a place. And I was like, just, I've been thinking about that idea of like community as a place rather than community as like, that, like how You're a little sick, I, but not really. So I'm go, a little go play. I'm, I'm, I'll be over in a minute, guys. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> They should participate too. Um, do you feel that how might that, that like affect our perspective as we're thinking about? Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that shift of context from people to a place, but I, I think that what I want to think about community as is it's a, it's a seedbed. It's a seed for transformation. Mm. where it is only through our connected lives mm. that my sin will be exposed by our relationship. Like, I, I actually can't know that I'm sinful until I'm around you, until I'm around others, and I end. And the cost of my brokenness costs you something. And then I'm confronted by the cost of my sin. Yeah. It's hard to do on our own. So community is the place mm. where sin is mm -hmm. revealed. Community is the context where we can be transformed because we will have input outside of ourselves where we're known and seen and then called out into growth. And so, so I, want, I want to think of it as this, uh, it is the fertile ground. Community is where those things happen. I would say also with evangelism, community where we've seen spiritual movements throughout the world, it's where you have these tight-knit, extended spiritual and relational families. And then the gospel takes root and it moves through these mm -hmm. networks of families. And so we see, we think of these, um, these larger extended families living in our community, even before they're spiritually connected with us or connected with God. What we want mm -hmm. to see is if they're connected with others, it gives space for the gospel to move through our city in powerful ways. And so like when we're thinking about the West Bench, we're thinking about our, our preschool and, our, and the elementary school that we're focused on. Like we want to build community because we think that the relationships will have a powerful effect for the kingdom, even before their spiritual friendships. And so community is this, um, it is the interconnected relationships of a group of people who see themselves as belonging. And so it's that seedbed of transformation and discipleship and evangelism. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That's great. It, yeah, while you're talking, I was I was just thinking it it makes community so important. Like it's not just like a little part of all the other things. You know what I mean? It like really makes it and it's like no, it's like mm -hmm. right there in the middle. Yeah, when when you think about the kingdom of God is not a uh, it's not a place and it's not a um It's not a set of ideas and it's not a set of practices. The kingdom of God is literally the interrelatedness of God's family. Like it, it is family. Like you can literally put those words on top of each other and the kingdom of God is family. And um, yeah. once, once we think of it that way and it's not an organization and it's not um, a set of ideas, all of a sudden we have to smash up into connection with others. And that's not a bad mm -hmm. thing. That's a good thing. That's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. That's good. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great spot to for now. I'm excited to jump more back. Jump, jump more. Back. Wow. Jump in more. Um, yeah, I'm excited. That I, I got to go write this week's sermon. So, you know. <laughs> All right. See you later. <laughs> Have fun. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection, where you can fill out the connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at Redemption Boise. We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.